It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The NFL Draft is about two weeks away, so let's start looking at the Bengals roster and identifying where exactly rookies can fit in as the Bengals approach the 2023 draft. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to this podcast on YouTube or follow anywhere you get your podcast. So we are delivered to your devices when we upload our content every day. Hit that bell on YouTube so you get those notifications as you join the first listen club with the many other Bengals fans that we appreciate making us their first listen every day and James an exercise that I think would be interesting to take here as we approach the draft and top 30 visits are reported and we have all these different names that we know the Bengals are interested in well where do rookies fit in it was it was actually from a an interesting Twitter question which was essentially looking at the Bengals roster where can a rookie even make the team and this is a fairly straightforward answer in a vacuum and that came from alex uh, alex Griggs, a Griggs 81 but the entire conversation gives you an opportunity to reset we're, we're through the brunt of free agency at this point right talk about where the roster is and really break down position by position where there is space to add guys and, and how those guys would fit and this is on the heels of you know, a lot of running back visits, of course, uh, between the combine and top 30 visits. And we know that they're interested in changing it up a backup quarterback. And and that, I think, is where we start, right? Brandon Allen, not under contract. We know that they had interest in Cooper Rush. We know that they talked to Trevor Simeon. We know that now they've had two quarterbacks for top 30 visits, Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Aiden O'Connell. Mm-hmm. both reportedly either coming in or have had top 30 visits with the Bengals. So not necessarily premium draft pick quarterbacks here, but looking to change things up at that position, right? It seems like it. And let's start here. They they talked with Aiden O'Connell, and then they still went to the, the Trevor Simeon route and brought him in last week. And who knows? Maybe they signed him, by the way. They've had multiple free agents where they've – uh, went in and visited, and then it, it's taken a few days or or a week, and then they get the deal done. And and so we'll see there. Basham's the latest. They signed Terrell Basham last week. Well, he was in a few weeks prior uh, to now, and then it took about a week, and, and he inked his deal. So we'll see. But it is interesting. And they, they're kind of leaving no stone unturned. From a guy in Cooper Rush who beat them in week two last year, and Lou Anarumo praised him before the game and they got a f- up close and personal look at what he could do as a backup. I think they were impressed and they made a run at him and, and there were multiple reports. We posted something on all Bengals about that. And he 
obviously returned to Dallas early in free agency with, a, I believe it was a two-year deal, to now a guy in Dorian Thompson-Robinson that I think is interesting. I think he's projected to be like a sixth, seventh round pick, can run it a little bit, ran a four, five, six, I believe it was, 40-yard dash. He's like the 12th ranked quarterback on Dane Brugler's big board. It's it's one of those developmental type potential players. So I think what the Bengals are doing, they're looking at backups, but I don't necessarily think Thompson Robinson would, as a rookie, take down Jake Browning, who's still on the roster, by the way. But some of these other options, Trevor Simeon, I think he would give Jake Browning a run for his money. I think obviously Cooper Rush, if you sign him, yeah, yeah, if you sign Cooper Rush, he is your backup. So it, it is, you're right, it's late round guys, but I, I still think it's different degrees because they're trying to find a the right backup, I think, for Burrow. And maybe it is you keep Jake Browning and draft one of these late round guys and develop him behind Browning. Maybe not. But it is interesting, no doubt. It could just be due diligence. Like this could end up with Brandon Allen returning. But maybe that's true. He's still out there. Yeah. We we did briefly talk about this at some point earlier in the offseason. And I think I mentioned like this is about the time in your development cycle and your team building cycle where you want to have a veteran who you feel a little bit better about going out there, running a similar offense and and keeping you afloat like the Chad Henney type veteran, right? That that can keep the Chiefs going and orchestrate a 99-yard drive when Patrick Mahomes leaves for an injury. Not that, you know, there's anything predictable or predictive about what Chad Henney did in that one drive sample size, but you get the idea, right? Where He did the same thing a few years ago, too, for, in, in place of Mahomes against the Browns. That's right. So, and, yeah. and so... You got Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who you mentioned, ran a 4-5-6, so a very different kind of player, 23 and a half years old. Aiden O'Connell from Purdue, 24 years old. Some some of the older quarterbacks. Uh, O'Connell projected by Dane Brugler as a, as a fourth-round pick. Uh, you mentioned they were also at TCU's Pro Day where Max Duggan worked out. They were at Georgia's Pro Day. They saw Stetson Bennett there. So they, they've been at some of these Pro Days where quarterbacks who have draftable grades – we're working out. We, we, we know that they've had these top 30 visits. And so that's what they seem to be clearly signaling is that if they're not actively looking for an upgrade or change at the backup quarterback position, they're at least considering it heavily. And Jake Browning for, you know, all the development, I'm sure he's gone through with the Bengals in the last couple of years. And, you know, they've kept him around. They've given him paydays late in the season. He's not the backup quarterback that, you probably really want to be going into the season with for, but for, for that scenario. One thing that they've done with him, and it it's at least a respect thing. Maybe it's how high they hold him in high regard, but they've elevated him from the practice squad a couple of times. The past right. two, at the end of the season, the past couple of years, to get him game checks, to try to reward him a little bit. So I don't know. I don't know how they view him, but it is – it is interesting, and you're right. For, for the first time in the Joe Burrow era, they're quarterback hunting. And no, this doesn't have anything to do with his extension. That's going to happen at some point. But uh, it, it certainly is interesting. And, and the fact that they went after Cooper Rush, who would have been, who is one of the best backups in the NFL, I think that that's interesting. So they kind of went big fish hunting from a backup quarterback standpoint. And then now they're, they're dialing it back a bit and, and right. we'll see where it lands. Who knows? Maybe one of these guys that are projected to be a fourth round pick 
falls to the sixth round. Quarterbacks have fallen to the sixth round in the past. I don't know if you remember pick 199, Tom Brady, 2000. But, uh, you know, that could happen to the Bengals. All right. Let's talk about some other positions and not invoke Tom Brady's name randomly talking about backup quarterbacks. I'm just saying quarterbacks fall. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I mean, weird example, man. Uh, AJ McCarron fell. That was a nice, that was a nice pick. That's what they're looking for. That's what they're looking for, by the way. That that no, that's a Bengals relevant. If you can find the next AJ McCarron to be a backup for the next four years. Behind, I was going to say Andy Dalton, but it is not your Andy Dalton. It is your franchise savior, whatever you want to say, and Joe Burrow. That would be ideal. So hopefully they can find the next AJ McCarron. Yeah. I don't Stetson know who that Bennett? is. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's but, not Stetson Bennett. I, I, don't. I just mean because he won national titles in the SEC like AJ McCarron. Right. right. So He's also like 5'10. Right? First off, you and height. All right. It's quarterback games. So oh, okay. The number one pick is going to be 5'10". Yeah? And how's that going for any quarterback not named Drew Brees in the NFL? I d- we'll see. Michael we'll Vick, see. by the way. Worked well. Mike Vick, was that short? Yeah, they lie about his height a lot. He's short. Mike Vick is short. He's six foot tall. No, he's just no. very fast. Well, let's talk like about some of these other positions. Uh, wide receiver, another one where there's not Ooh. a ton of drama, but maybe there's a future need, right? Running back, a little bit more to talk about there. Tight end, more to talk about there. Offensive line, there's a lot of guys on the roster, actually, right now on the offensive line. But certainly uh, some, some questions there as well. So we'll continue going through the offense here coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk about the mobile game app. And if you ever thought you'd make a good GM where maybe you want to draft Stetson Bennett, even though he's five foot seven, as Jake eloquently put it, you can do that with Ultimate Football GM because you're going to be able to hire the right coaches and coordinators, navigate all of the finances, the moves in free agency, the draft, and the hopes of building your own dynasty. And and I mention this point every single time because not only is this played in a challenging and realistic game world, but you can play it offline. You don't need service. So if you're going on a long road trip and you're going to go through the mountains or somewhere where service is spotty, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter if you have a long flight you can play Ultimate Football GM and Locked On Bengals listeners are going to get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in all capitals. So make sure you use promo code Locked On in all caps when downloading the game. Ultimate-GM.com is where you go or the App Store. That's it. Ultimate-GM.com, promo code Locked On in all caps, Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's keep talking about this Bengals roster and where draft picks and other players might fit in. Let's go to the wide receiver position, James, because we'll just try to build drama as we go. Not a ton of drama at the wide receiver position, although there is potentially some future need stuff going on. We'll see with T. Higgins, of course, but Tyler Boyd in a contract year. 
And behind the big three, as it were, we talked last year a lot about depth. And they got some productivity, certainly, from the Trents, Trent Irwin, Trent Taylor. Stanley mm-hmm. Morgan has his roster spot. Those guys have their roles. Kwame Lasseter still on the roster as well. But this is a spot where slot receiver of the future could be something that they're looking at in the draft, right? And Mm -hmm. in general, some depth. Some depth here, especially if they can get a guy with some return ability, some return versatility, some special teams ability. If they can do that and give you a little bit more on offense, a little bit more upside. I know it's not the best wide receiver class and – you know, that the guys are built in a certain way and, and all this stuff, not necessarily the prototypes that they typically look for, but it wouldn't surprise us. And we've talked about this. If they do target a receiver at some point here, either, you know, that slot of the future or that depth slash return option. And I don't even think it's just that. I, I think it's, it's going back to what we talked about right when the season ended is the speed part. Can you find someone, even if they do play outside, and you're teaching them all of these different things. I, Jamar Chase can play anywhere. He, he could play, uh, you know, in my office right now and, and still make catch touchdowns. He can play slot. He could line up at tight end and have success. And you're going to laugh, but it's probably true because Jamar Chase is a freak. Obviously, we saw him line up in the backfield. But I do wonder if they – and it is a good slot wide receiver draft. Like if you were saying the strength of this receiver class, I would say, oh, well, there's a lot of slot options. Do they want the slot only? I think that's this is an interesting, not turning point, but like fork in the road for the Bengals. Or do you want someone that you think, all right, can play slot some, can also play outside, but now allows you to play uh, or, or allows you to shift Jamar Chase into the slot when you want to? I, I think that that part is interesting, but the speed part, which goes along with the returner. But if you could find someone, honestly, that could return and track deep balls, Give me that guy because they, they could use some speed, regardless of what they do in the first round, right? Even if they took um, Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs and got explosive that way, or maybe you think Dalton Kincaid or Michael Mayer and added a, a really high-end pass-catching tight end. Even with that, I would say the same thing. So receiver's interesting because you're right. They could just go slot only, maybe slot only slash returner. There are some of those guys in this draft. Or – they could look at it and say, all right, we could add, you know, that fourth receiver spot. Mm-hmm. We could add some more speed to it and and a guy that could potentially play outside. I, I wouldn't put it past them. I'm not saying that's what they would do, but if the right guy's there that's running a, let's say ran a 4-3-7 or 4-4 four, four or something like that, I think that they would at least show some interest. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of player they would pick here if they do address a wide receiver because it is kind of wide open. The things that make the most sense are slot of the future because if you're going to pay T. Higgins, you're going to pay Tyler Boyd, or you're going to pay Jamar Chase, who, understand, has multiple years of team control left by a fifth-year option or, or the franchise tag or whatever they need to do. What, what kind of receiver are they looking for? Is it you know Tyler Scott? And his speed, if he slips out of the second round into the third round. They is met it, with him. Right. Multiple is it, times. you know, Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss, who people yeah. are becoming aware of now, 220, 446, yes. 22 years old. Um, He's about a guy who's going to go block. We know the Bengals love their receivers blocking in the run game as well. 
Jonathan Mingo makes a lot of sense. A.T. Perry from Wake uh, Wake Forest, good size, speed, combination, a little bit older. But if they just want to get a guy that they think can be a good wide receiver four who can step in when T. Higgins, Jamar Chase need a blow or when they rotate packages, which we see them do, right? We see them take their receivers off the field and rotate guys from time to time for a handful of snaps a game. And you don't want to go with the, you know, oh, they're probably going to hand the ball off combination of of Morgan and, and Irwin. And I like those mm-hmm. guys, not to take anything away from them, but if you wanted to get a guy that could still threaten a little bit more dynamically, th- there's some guys out there that could do that in this draft class. And, and also like, like we've talked about some return guys and some of those return guys could be available, you know, a little bit later and day three kind of options for, for some of those returners at the wide receiver position. And that might be what they ultimately do. They did have a virtual meeting. Um, and Justin Mello reported this. He is all over these visits, man. He's c- crushing it, but He's the dude. As, as he always does, I don't know how he does it, but um, Arkansas wide receiver, Matt Landers, Six four, two hundred pounds. He's expected to be a priority free agent, at least according to Dane Brugler. But ran a four three seven. Obviously, if you're six four, two two hundred pounds, it, you're projecting him to probably be an outside receiver primarily. But they met with him virtually, so maybe they go that route and they're like, "Ah, oh, we like some traits," and start to develop one of these back end guys like that. But I, I think they're in on the wide receiver position. It's just. You can't see them going too crazy because, and, and I know you hate this part of it, they only have seven picks. Yeah. Those seven picks go go very fast. Yeah, and it, it could be one of those things like tight end was last year where they really want to do it at some point and it just never lines up. We know they wanted to draft the tight end last year, never quite lined up. They also met with Parker Washington. I don't mm-hmm. know if we've mentioned his name yet. Uh, under 5'10", Penn State. Uh, Let's go, baby. Rounder. Future All Pro under five ten, he is going to be a future All Pro. Give him the damn gold jacket right now, Jake. I, I understand the, the stick, man, but like every time, every time we get a short guy, he's a future gold All jacket. Pro. Um, he is, yeah. Parker Washington, let's go. Younger uh, didn't run a forty, but they did meet with him back at the combine. So the reason I bring him up is only to say that you know, and, and we of course know they met with Tyler Scott as well, who's under five ten. They're meeting with guys and and are showing interest in guys of of various builds. In various profiles. That's the only reason that I bring that one up. Where do we go next, James? Offensive line. We got to go the offensive line and discuss the offensive line. And you just said something that I think applies to what we're about to talk about. And so let's dive into the offensive line coming up next. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, James, let's talk offensive line. Something I said piqued your interest as it pertains to offensive line as we were talking about wide receivers. Is it something to do with with size? No. something else? Okay. Not size. You mentioned tight ends last year and, and how they wanted one, and it just didn't work. 
I'm not saying it's the most likely scenario or even, you know, 50-50. But I could see a scenario, and once we talk about this depth chart, where the Bengals don't end up with an offensive lineman in one of their seven picks, where it doesn't work. They don't reach in round one on a guy that they don't have a first-round grade on, and then it just doesn't fall to them. You know, a lot of our listeners have done these mocks. It gets thin, and then you're like, oh, I'll just take an offensive lineman to take an offensive lineman. I don't think the Bengals will do that. I think they're more comfortable with their depth than the, the general consensus is. And I think they have Jonah Williams penciled in at right tackle. And so if the right guy's there, they'll take him. But I could see a scenario where you look up and the Bengals haven't taken an offensive line. Where have we heard that before, that they're more comfortable with their depth than, well, anyone else? Oh, anyone else. I gotcha. It's been a common theme. Yeah, is, is what I'm saying. They've and it's, constantly been more comfortable with the guys they have in the building on the offensive line. True or false, by the way, this is the are. best line they've had. It's true on paper, especially if Jonah Williams is your right tackle. Yeah. So why would they not feel that way now if they've always felt that way? Just to back yeah, up what you're saying. I, I, I do think that they do have to consider – like, do they want to go get somebody who's going to be here for the future at right tackle, who's going to want to be here, who's going to want to play right tackle? If they can get that guy, if, if the value all lines up versus the idea of just running with Jonah Williams, who I, I think they're probably pretty okay with, right? Like, they're not worried yeah. that he's going to sit out. They know who they have in Jonah Williams. They know him very well. But I, I do think that like all of those things, and he's going to be motivated, contract year, of course. But I think you consider it. Collins, no idea where he's going to be with his injury. They're probably way higher on Cody Ford than we are, right? But this is the most offensive lineman they've had on the roster at this time in the offseason that I can remember in recent history. We obviously know Orlando Brown, Cordell Volson, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Jonah Williams, Lel Collins. And then... Jackson Carmen, Max Sharping came back, Trey Hill, Hakeem Adenergy, some recent draft picks and, and the waiver claim from last year in Sharping, Deontay Smith, another recent draft pick. And then all of 2022's college free agents made it through the year. Devin Cocker, Nate Gilliam, Gilliam and Ben Brown, who was on IR. That's a lot of dudes. So, so that's where, you know, if, if they don't think they can get better than one of those dudes and a guy that's going to stick – then, then maybe they pass, but they are doing their homework. Interestingly, they're doing their homework, at least for reported visits, outside of Dewan Jones, who they had a top 30 visit with, on some guys that you probably haven't heard of. Jordan Rhodes, Arkansas State, 25-year-old interior offensive lineman uh, with 36-inch arms, by the way, came in for a, a reported top 30 visit at offensive tackle. They had a virtual meeting with John Ojukwu from Boise State, 24 years old, uh, was a tackle at Boise State, 34-inch arms, 6'6", 310. They met with Richard Gorage from Florida, also 24 and a half years old, probably a day three guy to an undrafted guy. Not a lot of reported work outside of Dewan Jones and Darnell Wright that we know the Bengals have done on guys that could be picked earlier. Yep. But to me, 
if there's a guy in the first, second round who you think can upgrade you at left guard or who can upgrade you at right tackle or be your right tackle of the future, it needs to be a strong consideration. Fair. No, I think it's fair. I think, one, the, the left guard conversation is pretty simple. Would they be open to upgrading short, but they have this cost-controlled guy that they believe in and that they think is going to take a step because he's made of the right stuff? They're not like, yeah. oh, his age is his age. He's not going to develop. They're like, no, he busts his ass. He's going to work, and he's going to be better this year, especially alongside Orlando Brown. So I just I think that's how they view it. I agree with you. I don't see it the same way, probably. Yeah. Like, I'm not quite as comfortable, but I agree with you that that's probably how it goes. And, and not that they shouldn't look, <clears throat> shouldn't look on the interior. I would love for them to get a guy, even a day two guy, that could back up all three interior spots. You feel like, oh, it could be a plug-and-play center for Ted Karras. Maybe you want him to compete for with Cordell Volson, but could also back up Kappa, which you ran into that last year in the AFC Championship game, and and that was a, a big issue, as we know. Um, one more pre-draft visit, and Elise Jesse reported it, and we wrote about it on All Bengals. Colby Sorsdale is in town, and I'm not even going to pretend like I knew who Colby Sorsdale was, in town on Tuesday visiting the Bengals. He was a right tackle for William & Mary, had the second highest uh, pro football focus grade among FCS offensive tackles, 91 and a half. He's 6'5", 305. Uh, I found – because I, I didn't really know much about him when she found out. So I was, I was looking, and Brian Baldinger did some, some stuff on him and praised him for his size, experience, how he moves, toughness. And so it's like, okay, well, if, if Baldinger sings, sees this on tape – Maybe Pollock and the Bengals see this on tape. And they've obviously had some success there. Kappa went to Humboldt State. And then obviously last year with North Dakota State, Cordell Volson. So Cody Malk, who knows? Is he the next one? He's the only guy that graded ahead, um, you know, of, of Sorstel on pro football focus. But it is interesting, nevertheless. And he's projected to be late rounder, priority free agent. But if, if he's on Baldinger's radar, maybe he's going to be one of those late round picks that just – everybody outside of NFL circles is sleeping on. Is that – that was a top 30 you said? It was It was a pre-draft visit, so I assume, right? So it was in get... Cincinnati, William yes. & Mary. Yeah, that would have yeah. to be, I think, a top 30. Interesting. Yeah. Not a name that was on my radar. Nope, so, me neither. I was like she, – she sent it to me, and I'm like – and she didn't have time to write it up, so I wrote it up, but it's all her. And I'm looking, and I'm like – he didn't allow any sacks last season in 13 games at right tackle. So there you go. This is strict. This is like he's probably made of the right stuff. And they want to chat with him because he looked awesome on tape against, you know, whoever will FCS competition. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, but hey. Let's let's hit on a couple of the more Hey, he's not five nine. All right. So there no. you go. But we do have to talk about some of the more pressing needs here. And this is clear cut, so, so we don't need to necessarily spend a ton of time. But the Bengals, in the market for a running back, in the market for a tight end, they met like every tight end at the Combine. Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, Sam Laporta, Dalton Kincaid, Tucker Kraft, formal visits, and an informal visit with Josh Wiley. They were at Clemson's Pro Day, of course, to see, uh, well, a number of players, including – Davis Allen, I assume that, yeah, they were at Oklahoma or sorry, Oregon State's pro day where 
Luke Musgrave worked out. They were obviously at Michigan's Pro Day. Luke Schoonmaker, I mean, talk about a tight end. They were at the Pro Day. Uh, Payne Durham, Davis Allen. Uh, go down the list. Who else do we need to talk about here? Bretton Strange, Penn State. Yes. They were yeah. at the Pro Days. Parker Washington. Or they met with them. Falls, on, falls into that. Yep. Or, or they met with them at the Combine. Or both. So, obviously doing a lot of work at tight end. They've got two guys on the roster, and Irv Smith and Devin Asiasi. I, I don't know if more than one of the guys. Well, sorry, they have more than that. They also have Tanner Hudson and Nick Bowers too. Yeah, yeah. they also have the the college free agents from last year. But it wouldn't surprise me if only one of these guys is on the fifty three man roster by the time the season starts, because they could draft a couple. I think Devin Asiasi probably sticks, but it wouldn't shock me if it's Irv Smith and two rookies. Well, it could be, could be Irv Smith, too. Irv Smith, two rookies, and Drew Sample. It could be Irv Smith, yeah. Drew Sample, a rookie, and Asi Asi. I mean, I think there's a lot of combinations. And if you're Drew Sample, I know he's still training in Cincinnati. You know the offense. You're coming off of injury. I think that kind of makes sense. Now the Bengals are probably waiting to see what, what happens in the draft because, as you know, double-dipping at tight end is something I could certainly see. I really could. I mean, I could see round one, round four. Round three, round five, round two, round four, any combination you think of, I could see it because there's a lot of guys like, are you going to say no to Josh Wiley at the end of round five? Even if you have Dalton Kincaid? No, that's a hell of a combo, by the way. I like the way that sounds, Jake. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they value some of those guys. Uh, it's just one of those things where, you know, limited picks. Are they going to trade back at some point and, and add a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick and and have that ability to more easily double dip a position? It's not saying they won't if they don't trade back. I mean, they could t- they could pick two corners and not trade back. It would, wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world. And we'll talk about yeah. the defense uh, tomorrow. But let's finish up here with running back where they've done more work than any other position i think they they've been connected with name a running back probably not not mm-hmm. all of them obviously but jameer gives zach charbonnet at the combine along with cameron peoples from appalachian state tavian thomas from utah they had a top 30 visit with lou nichols third from central michigan they had a top 30 visit with zazavian valaday priority free agent type guy yeah what a name arizona state they met yep. with Zach Evans. They met with Keaton Mitchell, who related to former Bengal. Uh, they, they I, we believe, met with Izzy Abinakanda and Kendra Miller as well. That's they a lot also of guys. Met, they also met with uh, Jameer Gibbs at the Combine. I know. Yeah, I, did I not say that one? You might have. You know, I, it might have glossed out. I just want to make sure I mention it. So it is. It's a lot of guys. Uh, you mentioned Keaton Mitchell. So, yeah, Kevin I think Mitchell. we're good. That's Keaton. Yeah, yeah, the the guy that the the Bengal former Bengal he's oh, related to Kevin. Bengel. Gotcha. Yeah, and Keaton Mitchell's fun. He he was on my old Bengals mock. He he went. Oh no, not five. Kevin Mitchell. What's his name? Jake struggling with names. You were gone for a week, and guess what? Some things stay the same. <sighs> yeah. I, your your affinity for tall people and hating names. Those are the two things, man. It's uh, it's wild out here. No, I. I think they're doing homework because they're they not that they telegraph it, but I don't think that they're paranoid about hiding where they're looking. The whole world knows they need a running back. 
and that Joe Mixon might not be in town in a month. So they may double dip at that spot. They may mm-hmm. be trying to sign a free agent and and draft one of these backs. They, they're obviously going after tight end. So th- they're not afraid to do that. And, and look, the good news is, is there's some depth at both of those spots. So they should be able to land pretty good players at both areas or in both areas. Yeah. They will certainly have opportunities to do so. I am. Okay. Willie Anderson yet? had it. Yes. Anthony Mitchell. <laughs> Kevin Mitchell My. was a baseball player. That that's what that's what it tripped me up. Anthony Mitchell, former Bengal. Willie Anderson pointed out. Anthony uh, Mitchell was on the Bengals from 2004 to 2006, which included my favorite Bengals team of all time. The 2005 team was a lot of fun, and some of our listeners don't even remember that team. That's how old we are. That's Keith Mitchell's dad. Is is Anthony Mitchell? who is uh, one of the best speed trainers in the country, according to Willie Anderson. By the way, by the way, if that's the case, I love guys that come from that have that lineage, right? Like I think that, cause it just, it helps whether it's players or, or or their coaches, sons or stuff like that matters because you're around it and you're in it and you just kind of know how to carry yourself. And not that that's the only way to do it, of course. Right. Star players come from everywhere, but I, I think that's an interesting fun fact, so I'm glad you shared it. Yeah. So we, we've talked about the offense, right? They, they need a starter for now and well, potentially the future and now at tight end, potentially now in the future at running back, at least one or the other. We talked backup quarterback. We talked offensive line depth. We talked potential right tackle. We talked about the likelihood of them trying to upgrade a left guard, which – we probably agree is not super likely. We talked about receiving depth, receiver of the future, wide receiver four, slot receiver of the future, returnability there. So a lot of places where rookies could certainly fit in on this offense and add different wrinkles, add different dimensions, add different things that could make the Cincinnati Bengals better next I, year. I have, I have a slogan for you. This is the Jake Lisko draft slogan. Under 5'10", never draft again. Take us out of here. <sighs> this is why people think we bicker, James. We're man. Anyway, Welcome that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Thank you. I'm feeling so much better. We're going to get into the defense tomorrow. We're going to get that tight end roundtable we've been talking about going here sometime soon as well. And we're back on schedule here, heading up to the 2023 NFL draft. Until next time, thanks for listening. Hootay, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.